Good morning, Reliance. So as Jacob mentioned, our passage uh, today is Genesis 39. And would you stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word? Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, uh, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he uh, made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept uh, kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as he spoke, uh, excuse me, and as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her, to lie beside her, or to be with her. But one day, when he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was there in the house, she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. And as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of the household, and said, said to them, See, he has, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. Then she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came into me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. As soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me, his anger was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love And gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge, because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Thank you. You may be seated.
So last week, we were looking at the life of Joseph. He's this young kid, right? He's like 17, 18, so he's like an old man. Yeah, he's like a boy. He's like an old boy, right? Who, through no wrong of his own, he's sold into slavery because of two reasons. One is the favoritism of his father. You guys remember that? The other was because of the dream that he was given by God. Because of his dream and the favoritism of his father, he's disliked by all his brothers. And yet... He's sent to go find them in the field of Shechem. Follow me? You guys remember this? Once arriving there, his brother's nephew is off to find find Joseph. Joseph is a slave. Genesis 37-20, they say, Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see what will become of his deeds. Later on, then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him. For he is our brother in our own flesh, and his brothers must be him. The Midianite traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. Then they took Joseph's robe and slaughtered a goat, and dipped the robe in the blood. Let's, let's add another color to the robe, right? Then they sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, This we have found. Please identify whether it is your son's robe or not. Just dumb, dumb, dumb. And he identified it and said, It is my son's robe. A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph is looked after death, torn to pieces. So, you're Joseph, right? What would be your response to these circumstances? If your family hated you so much, they are truly about to feed you to lions, but then they thought, like, hey, we'll sell you for some cash instead. Right? That's a good compromise. You don't like that. And then they fake your death to hide the evidence to help cause your whatever. Like, yeah, hide the evidence from your dad to help cause the jealousy in the first place. Are you guys following this? This is insane. Right? What's going on? You probably might know somewhat of that feeling, though. Like, what's your response when your family turns against you or they turn, they spurn you? no fault of your own. When you haven't sinned against anyone and yet you're, you're constantly being aggravated against. When the relationship is so strained because of a righteous conviction or maybe a prominent sin that it just, the tension snaps. Where is the Lord in those moments? When you've made it maybe to the top of your business or your profession, you have no financial needs, you have no burden, but you got there because your integrity was placed on the Lord, and he commands you 
prosperity gospel things. I'm not talking about health and wealth. That's what you're going to receive when you make it. I'm saying because God has given you that righteousness, you're in the position you're in. But it's easy to forget that he's right after you've just done it. Where is God when you've done nothing wrong, but you're casting all that trash? Or where is he in your temptation? Why am I being tempted this way? Where was the Lord? We're after earnest and prayerful examination of God's word in your hands, and others affirming your righteous moments. By nothing you've done wrong, you enter into the darkest pit of suffering, trial, and temptation. Where is God for the believer, the righteous believer, who's persecuted for his faith? Let's start at the beginning. Where is the Lord when the righteous prosper? That's a good question. We begin at a different point than when we left off at the end of chapter He's not in a pit or a step up. This is a good thing. He's not in a pit. So let's take a look real quick at the beginning of Genesis 31. It says, Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, the Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So, Joseph found favor in his sight and obtained him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house of Joseph. Who was the blessing given to? was given to Jacob. And Joseph's not near Jacob now, is he? He's in Egypt. He's far away from this blessing. But the Lord is still with Joseph. And he's made that known very clear in this passage. When we read the Lord in these verses, we're not just talking about the same word for God. We're talking about the word name, Yahweh. This, this is a personal name for God in these passages that we're seeing with Joseph. God is personally involved in this circumstance, in his situation, in his life. Um, a few years ago, I went to the eye doctor, just like whatever, to get your eyes checked, right? Um, I couldn't read very well, so I was going to read in glasses. And the eye doctor that came to the clinic, he came from Wyoming, so I'm in Colorado at this time. He came out from Wyoming to help out this other clinic. I have no idea who this guy is, but he's asked me what I did for a living, so I told him I fixed furnaces and I fixed air conditioning. And he then asked me a weird question for an eye doctor. He said, well, what do you want to do? I said, do you feel like I'm guilty in my eye doctor's school or whatever it was I did? Uh, he used to work as a, uh, a vocational counselor. He helped people figure out what they want to be when they grow up, right? I'm in my, like, my early 30s, so I, I still want to know what I want to be when I grow up. I told him, I'd, I'd like to be a pastor and work in ministry. And this is some really interesting advice that he told me. He said, we always aim, this is like, right, the vocational counselor line, we always aim for what we want to do. It's like you cross a river when you're 21. You see the destination across the shore, but the river can carry you closer or farther past where that is. But you always kind of end up further down the river than maybe where you initially intended to be. And that's one of the jobs. But I think there's something to learn from that in the sense of God's providence. When we're trying to do something righteously, 
Lord of his life. Where is God when the righteous prosper? He's present. He's present, empowering the righteous to maintain their righteousness as they recognize and steward every good thing which comes from him, while rejecting that which does not. It's easier said than done, though. Like, there's still things that I wish I could change about myself. First one I would change if I could go back and control like all of my genetics and stuff would be I would have a lower voice. That would be awesome. I want a lower voice and I want to be like like ripped. I think that would be so cool. Okay. I want to to do Aboriginal throat singing and I want to be able to move a parked car out of my lines when I get there. I can get in there and get my my four kids in. Um, I would change my name to something like Brock, which I assume is a combination of brick and rock, both of which are masculine things, right? It's like, uh. I'm not alone, though. Like, I think we all wish that there was something we could change, except for Joseph. Okay, read verse 6. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Not everybody can say that in the Old Testament. Joseph could probably move a car. But the Lord knows what kind of... I'm sorry, I'm so ridiculous. But the Lord knows what kind of attention Joseph's form is going to bring. Right? It brings desire from someone else. And that can easily get corrupted. Where is the Lord when the righteous resist temptation? Verse 7. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. So, you know, asking Joseph. Those three words in English are two in Hebrew. Okay? She's demanding that he lie with her. And how does Joseph respond to this? He, he uses more than two words. <laughs> That's how he responds to this. Verse 8. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold. Because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he's put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, and you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph has held every thought captive in this encounter. He knows the responsibility that he must care for everything that his master has given him, which is a lot. Everything except for two things. Food, that's a big deal, and her. His righteousness compels him to respond honorably. So he appeals to her relationship to Potiphar. She is his wife. Then he appeals to the wicked confessor here. He knows what's right, and he holds on to that. God is at the forefront of his mind as he both rebukes Potiphar's wife and reminds himself, I would imagine, of the righteousness that God demanded of him. It doesn't hold her back, though. God's righteousness doesn't matter to her, only Joseph's. And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, a lot, he did not listen to her. He lied beside her 
For one day when he went into the house to do his work, none of the men of the house was there in his house. She caught him by his garment and lied with him. Not that I would break that already. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and out of the house. Last time Joseph lost his tunic was when somebody faked his death. A false identity created by a bloody garment. He loses another garment as he's fleeing. <coughs> he loses another garment in his resisting temptation and his withholding of justice. And as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought among us a Hebrew <coughs> to laugh at us. He came in to Should I send that chain letter email? 
makes everybody uncomfortable, right? Should I go and ask for forgiveness? Yes or no? Then I know what to do. I press. Yes or no? Then seek wise counsel from the very organization you want to help. A good question answered based on the word of God can be God's
doing for them. That's a big deal. His provision and his promise are the end goal. So he uses the righteousness of Joseph as a vehicle to get there. Lord Jesus is empowering him the whole way through the meal. In a similar way, one only needs to turn to the life of the Savior of all mankind. Jesus Christ. Joseph is presented like him in so many Yeah. 